Hey, everyone in. Let's go. Huddle up on three. One, two, three. Huddle, Huddle up. up. No one, and I mean no one, comes into our house and pushes us around. This is your game now, gentlemen. Welcome, everyone, to the Huddle Up Podcast. And the only thing else I got to say is, how about them, Cowboys? Yeah! 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 Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Huddle Up Podcast, live here on a Tuesday night, September the 24th, 2019. And I'm glad to be with you. Big Jim here, but uh, no Dave this week. Dave is uh, off. He's at a conference out in uh, Las Vegas, so... You know, he's probably getting into Dave things out there, but I hope he's having a good time and he'll be back with us uh, right back here next week. And we uh, are glad to be with you. Make sure you're following along with us on all of our social media on Facebook and Twitter at Huddle Up Podcast. I'm at Big Jim Sports. Dave is at Huddle Up Dave. And we are brought to you by Alicia's Pillows and Things on our home network, NGSC Sports. If you're decorating your home, you want it to reflect your tastes and likes. So why not add decor that reflects your sports, movie, or TV fandom? Alicia's Pillows and Things is your hookup. They feature pillows of all sizes, stools, and more with your favorite teams and characters. Log on to NGSCSports.com. Find the Alicia's Pillows and Things tab and place your order. So a little weird here. I think this is the first time I've done a... Uh, solo show in a few years. I don't even remember uh, exactly the last time, so bear with me if I'm a little boring at times. Bear with me if I'm uh, rambly at times. But, you know, I have a lot to get on uh, on topic and off my mind this week, and then we're still going to do – I still got uh, my big five in the NFL pick'ems for this upcoming weekend, uh, as well as two games in the top 25 that are head-to-head. Uh, this week, um, as we barrel on through the college football season, already week number five in college football and week number four upcoming in the NFL season. So uh, make sure you, uh, you know, and, and we want to remind everybody that, of course, we do this show on Tuesday night. So you want to take our advice when it comes to the um, when it comes to the predictions and the 
the picks against the spread here and there. But keep in mind, it's Tuesday. Guys can get hurt. Things could change between now and uh, and kickoff times. So you just want to uh, always double check uh, the lines and things like that uh, before game day. But nonetheless, we, uh, we're we bringing it here with you each and every week. Again, Facebook.com slash Podcast is where you are. If you're following along in the live video, make sure you give that a like and a share. Make sure you also um, follow our Twitter page if you're on there at Huddle Up Podcast. And if you are following along in the live video tonight, make sure you uh, interact with me here as uh, feeling a little lonely on a Tuesday night. But uh, you can also call into the show, 401-347-0613, and then use pin 29312. Um, If you do call in, just kind of let me finish up my thought. And also, a reminder to uh, be respectful, bring your takes, get hot if you want to, but um, be respectful of the show and the other uh, listeners. We'd appreciate that. So let's um, let's jump into it. Obviously, this past weekend in college football was um, not ideal. If you are a uh, Michigan fan or a Jim Harbaugh fan, and obviously um, this season came with a lot of expectations for the Michigan Wolverines and for Jim Harbaugh, and and so far not. Um, uh rsgp toy says first time checking in thank you for joining us he says i think something's wrong with the camera and i had a panic moment because i legitimately thought there was something wrong he said for some reason pierce is a lot of cowboy stuff so there has to be something wrong uh welcome into the show we appreciate you following with us um obviously a lot of expectation for michigan and and jim harbaugh this year and, and uh game one against middle tennessee state was not the most convincing win of all time um, and then the double overtime win against Army. I defended that a couple weeks ago when uh, Dave and I talked about that game. And then, of course, this past weekend, the the, the drubbing to, to Wisconsin. I don't remember the exact score. It was a lot to a little, and it was never really that close. Um, so that, that, that brought up the question of the week, and if you're following along and you want to respond to the question, uh, now you can do that. We got a few responses. It, it was simply this. Do you believe that Michigan should move on from Jim Harbaugh? And if so, who should they realistically target for their head coaching position? Um, Chase checks in. He says, a Buckeyes fan, no. As a football fan, yes. He said, realistically, maybe Les Miles or a coach from the MAC or a coordinator on a major college team. And uh, Chase, a Brown fan, said that they can take Freddie Kitchens. Um, Andrew said, yes, he could see less miles. Granted, they have no, we have no idea who will be available uh, this offseason. Um, and, and a few stats, and, and this is really the statistical tweet that um, kind of spurred this question and, and brought this question up for me, was um, Michigan under Jim Harbaugh. They are 0-4 against Ohio State. Um, they are 1-9 versus top 10 opponents. They are 0-7 as an underdog. One and six on the road against ranked opponents. Five losses by at least 21 points, including three of their last five games. Um, obviously, those numbers are not good. And I'm not going to sit here on this show and, and um, you know, profess that Jim Harbaugh has done everything right at Michigan. And Jim Harbaugh should have, um, you know, no, um, no dispute against him as a head coach or no um 
you know, nobody kind of calling for his head that it's not justified or anything like that because, I mean, let, let's be fair too here. College football is a business, and right now the business of Michigan football from a wins and losses standpoint, probably not where they want to be. But I'm going to make a case here that now is not the time to move away from Jim Harbaugh if you're Michigan. Um, because being a major program like that, and when you're at the, the point where Jim Harbaugh took over Michigan, where Michigan was when Jim Harbaugh took that job, um, was probably about as low as, as anybody can remember anybody that's 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 watching this especially anybody in my generation or younger has probably ever seen Michigan football and and I know what that's like being a Notre Dame fan I know what that position's like because when Brian Kelly took over the Notre Dame team in 2010 Notre Dame was in a similar position so I'm going to use Brian Kelly at Notre Dame as kind of a basis, a defense, if you will, of Jim Harbaugh at Michigan. So prior to Jim Harbaugh, you had Rich Rodriguez and you had Brady Hoke. And both of them changed the style of Michigan football, the style of preparation for Michigan football, the tr- style of recruiting for Michigan football. The body type of the Michigan athlete, of the Big Ten athlete, changed it all. Didn't work for either of them, and it hurt Michigan a lot. And also in that time, you had, you know, Ohio State was regaining ground again in in the national landscape. You had other schools, you know, Alabama, and you had LSU, and you had other schools around the country. USC was 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 big in in those years. And, and Texas was big in those years. And Oklahoma was on a rise in those years. So all around the country, there were schools that were beginning to rise up. And Michigan is, is, is on the downward spin. So recruiting's down. Perception is down. The, 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 the big picture, the scope, the aura of Michigan football is, is, is probably at one of its lowest points it's especially in the modern era of college football. So I'm talking what early mid nineties, probably late nineties and onward in the last 10, 15, 20 years, Michigan football is at its lowest point when they come a calling to the, the, the alumnus come on home, fix this thing. He did great. He did great stuff at Stanford, made them relevant. Let's keep that in mind, made Stanford football relevant. The, the Ivy League of the West, the you know the the Notre Dame of the West, the 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 academic gem on the West Coast, made them a, a nationally recognized and a, and a pretty big powerhouse. So he does that. He that that, that he does goes on to the, the NFL, takes the 49ers to a Super Bowl, almost took them to two, and uh, and and falls short of that. So. That that's Jim Harbaugh coming to Michigan. Okay. Now let's let me backtrack. I said I was going to make a case 
I was going to make a case for Jim Harbaugh based on Brian Kelly. So prior to Brian Kelly, you had Charlie Weiss and you had the George O'Leary scandal where he lied on his resume and gets hired and then steps down and, and then you hire Tyrone Willingham and the Willingham experience doesn't work. Prior to that, you had Bob Davey. So since Lou Holtz, you had Bob Davey, George O'Leary for a couple of days, Tyrone Willingham and Charlie Weiss. The Charlie Weiss experience did not work out. The 47-year win streak to Navy got broken during Charlie Weiss's tenure. They went 3-9. and nine. I think that was the, the first three-win season at Notre Dame since the, the 50s. So they called Brian Kelly at Cincinnati. Hey, you, you're a Notre Dame fan. You're a Catholic guy. You're a Boston guy. You know... Come in, come in here and, and fix Notre Dame football. Year one, Brian Kelly goes eight and five. They go one and one against ranked teams. They win their bowl game, something that 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 Charlie Weiss was able to do in the Hawaii Bowl, but most Notre Dame coaches since Lou Holtz, in most years they could not. Eight and five, second year, eight and five, twenty twelve, the magic miracle season, twelve and zero. You go to the national championship and you just get shit kicked by Alabama. Just absolutely torn apart by Alabama. Guess what? They probably shouldn't have been there. Objectively speaking, because back then I wouldn't have admitted it, but objectively speaking, Notre Dame didn't belong in the national championship that year. They had a good triple overtime against Pitt. How you doing, Uncle Mitch? Um, so there was that game. There was a few others that year that Notre Dame probably shouldn't have won, but they found ways to win. They had the... the the goal line stand against Stanford, a goal line stand against USC. They were scraping by. The offense wasn't good. Defense was. You get kicked by Alabama. So through three years, Brian Kelly goes eight and five, eight and five, twelve and one. He's, you know, he's I think six and four against ranked teams. Loses two bowl games. Then he rattles off a few more okay years: nine and four, eight and five, ten and three, and then. 2016 rolls around four and eight, but in those in those other three seasons after national championship, they go one and three versus ranked teams, two and two, two and three, and then in 2016 when they went four and eight, they went zero oh and two. They did win the Pinstripe Bowl and the Music City Bowl in, the, in that time. Nothing super prestigious, no no big wins, no marquee victories, no um, <clears throat> no major upsets. So he's done okay. But again, nothing nothing spectacular. So 2016 happens, Notre Dame goes 4-8. and eight. It could have been very easy for Notre Dame to go, we tried, Brian. We tried and it didn't work. And you went to a national title game and lost. And you know what? Thanks for bringing, thanks for bringing a, a more broad eye in, in today's college football under Notre Dame football, but I think this is just not working out. But they didn't do that. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause there on the Brian Kelly thing, and now I'm going to go over to Michigan. And now I'm going to go to Jim Harbaugh, because I, I, t- I showed you and I told you the, the ugly stats. You know, the 0-4 in Ohio State, and the 1-9 against top 10s, and, and, and those. So I'm not, I'm not ignoring those. But I think some people are ignoring other parts that is a bit of a defense for Jim Harbaugh. So so bear with me here for a second. 
in his first year, 10 and 3, 6 and 2 in the Big 10, 3 and 2 against ranked opponents, they won the Citrus Bowl. The following year, 10 and 3, 7 and 2 in Big 10 play, 1 and 2 versus ranked opponents, lost their bowl game in the Orange Bowl. Uh, 2017, they went eight and five, five and four in the Big Ten. So he had a little bit of dip there. One and three against ranked teams, lost a bowl game. Last year, ten and three, eight and one in Big Ten play. Three and three versus ranked teams, they lost a bowl game. Those aren't bad numbers. So since the four and eight season for Brian Kelly, he's gone ten and three, twelve and one. He's two and one so far. So let's look at total wins at their schools. And winning percentage, and this is where this is where my defense for Jim Harbaugh is going to, I think, maybe get a little bit stronger. Brian Kelly is eighty-three and thirty-five against or at Notre Dame. That is a winning percentage of seventy point three four against ranked opponents. Notre Dame is eighteen and nineteen under Brian Kelly, forty-eight point six five win percentage. So at Michigan, currently, Jim Harbaugh. 40 and 15. He is 26 and 10 in Big Ten play, 8 and 11 against ranked teams. So his winning percentage, 72.73, higher than Brian Kelly's at Notre Dame. His winning percentage in the Big Ten, 72.22. His winning percentage against ranked teams is 42.11. That is lower than Brian Kelly's. Now, just Hypothetically speaking, if Michigan would have won this past week against uh, Wisconsin, it would have been 47%. Because there is a smaller uh, sample size. He's been at Michigan half the time of Brian Kelly. So, I asked people, uh, I, I put out tonight on my tw- on my Twitter page and my Facebook page, simple question, before I do the show tonight, is... Brian Kelly overrated at Notre Dame? Simple question. Is Brian Kelly overrated as a head coach, particularly at Notre Dame? Um, so Chase answers, and I'm, I'm still not 100% sure, and I know Chase is in the comments here, still not 100% sure, Chase, how, you, how your barometer of overrated sets up. So Chase said, yes, Brian Kelly's a great coach, but he hasn't won at all. <clears throat> when I asked for clarification, he says he's good, but not great. Overrated in terms of what he's done. Notre Dame's issue is they're not in a conference. I, I, that's not Notre Dame's issue. Co- conference play, and that's a discussion for the next time Dave's in Vegas. The whole conference argument's a freaking joke. Look at the ACC. <clears throat> the ACC is pathetic. In fact, most conferences... Most conferences, if you go top to bottom, pretty pathetic overall. So, Notre Dame not being a conference doesn't play into this. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, Jim Tressley said overrated as well. Um, not sure how that played into it. Um, and then let's see here. Rodney says he is not overrated. 
standards at Notre Dame for a coach to adhere to are much tougher than other universities. The little things uh, that get him sometimes this past week, he didn't understand uh, how they don't prepare the players for the silent count. Um, so, but, but overwhelmingly, I think the response, if you ask people, is Brian Kelly overrated at Notre Dame? I think the answer that you are going to get is no. Why? Because they they went to a national title game? They got hammered. Because they went to a college football playoff game? They got hammered. And in, in those years, in all of Brian Kelly's years at Notre Dame, they've lost to Michigan numerous times. They've lost to Michigan State numerous times, Stanford numerous times. I think he's lost to Navy. They've lost to USC numerous times. Those are your rivals, folks, because that's the thing I keep hearing is Harbaugh can't beat the rivals. Well, Brian Kelly hadn't been able to beat his rivals for a while. You know, Notre Dame got their ass kicked last year to Clemson. And then Clemson turned around and kicked Alabama's ass. And that's when people went, maybe Clemson's that good. And then this summer, Clemson players and coaches said, Notre Dame was better than Alabama last year. And people went, oh shit. Maybe Clemson Clemson truly was that far ahead of the game. So hypothetically, you go back to Michigan and getting their teeth kicked in last week. What if... Wisconsin's just that good. They have a a perennial possible Heisman Trophy candidate at running back. They have probably one of the best offensive lines in college football. They have a defensive front seven that can get at you. And they finally have a, they seemingly have a quarterback who's not going to make big mistakes at crucial times. So what if Wisconsin's that? What if the Wisconsin wins the Big Ten? What if Wisconsin goes to the national title game? And I'm not saying they are, but what if they do? Does does this does this loss by Michigan look better then? Does that mean he's not overrated? Does that mean this isn't a failure? And this past, I, I've been on a I've been on a thing for the last few years about preseason rankings and how they're a joke and how they shouldn't matter and how teams shouldn't be ranked until probably early October at the earliest, probably mid-October. And I get it's a ratings game because if it's just Notre Dame versus Georgia, do people care as much as if it was number seven Notre Dame versus number three Georgia? People are going to care more when it's seven versus three. I get it. But what happened Saturday in Wisconsin is another indictment against preseason and early season rankings. Why was Wisconsin so low? Why was Michigan that high? Was it because was it because Michigan had a had a had a good year last year and Harbaugh finally had a second year quarterback who's not very good? Like like is that why they why were they so high what is what does last year have to prove on this year in college football when the longest your team could realistically stay together as as a as a as a crew is four years 
And Chase, how does how does Michigan losing, getting blown out last year against Ohio State, how does that prove that Harbaugh's overrated? It doesn't. Because when Harbaugh took over Michigan, that everything was decimated. Everything was decimated. Recruiting, weight, weight systems, coaching, everything across the board decimated. Same as it was when Brian Kelly took over Notre Dame. It takes time. Ohio State was was higher up in the in the college football landscape when Urban Meyer took over. Yes, Urban Meyer probably a better coach than Jim Harbaugh. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and say Harbaugh's better than Urban Meyer. But it takes time to rebuild programs that are decimated. It takes time. And another question that nobody can seem to realistically answer. is who are you going to replace him with? You're not going to replace him with Les Miles who took a job at Kansas. I don't think he's going to I don't think he's going to leave Kansas. He it he came out of retirement to go to Kansas because I think he missed the game of football and also because it doesn't matter if Les Miles fails at Kansas. It doesn't matter. If Les Miles comes to Michigan, if Les Miles comes to Michigan and fails, that, that hurts his legacy. The Mad Hatter doesn't have the same feel to it. Chase, everybody expects to win now. That's what college football is. When, you're, when you are a premier program, you expect to win now. Still doesn't answer the question. Still doesn't answer the question. So, yes, the 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 Jim Harbaugh experience. If you look at the surface, it looks pretty rough. But there is something to be said for giving it time, because he's he had success at Stanford. He had success in the NFL. You know, they they've you know maybe he's he's been a little too trigger happy with changing offensive schemes and you know now he has an offensive coordinator and you know the, the, the but it's a first year offensive coordinator in Josh Gaddis but the 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 everybody being this quick to just scrap a a, a head coach for any school is is in my opinion crazy because yeah you know he's in year number five so <clears throat> you know so the year number five he has his team now these are his guys but it still takes time they're still they're still young guys you know so now you look ahead the rest of the schedule and. It's um and Chase, I don't think he got I don't think he was fired. Jim Harbaugh, yeah, Harbaugh left San Francisco. Chase, he didn't get fired in the NFL. Um he left the he left the 49ers. So here's the deal. This is the rest of the schedule for 
Michigan this year. Um, you got Rutgers this week, Iowa the following, then you're at Illinois. Those are, those have to be three wins. If you lose any of those three games, um, I, I he might be gone already. Right, wrong, or indifferent. He's he. You lose one of the next three, you're you're probably out of there. October nineteenth, you go to Penn State. Um, October 26th, Notre Dame comes into town. November 2nd at Maryland. November 16th, Michigan State. Number, November 23rd at Indiana. November 30th, you host Ohio State. And Iowa's not that good, Chase. I mean, they're, they're decent, but they're, they're, they're a team that, I mean, they're ranked 14th in the country right now. Um, they're a team Michigan should be able to win, should be able to beat. Um, I think if any of those three are losses, he's probably gone. Uh, there, there's there's some big games that could potentially save his his career at Michigan for at least until through next to next year. Penn State, Notre Dame, Michigan State, Ohio State. And realistically, you know, like, yeah, this past weekend was bad. You lose to Wisconsin, but you can still you can still win the Big Ten East and 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 go to the Big Ten title game. But you're you gotta get you gotta work. Your backs are against the wall now. But you know, Penn State, Notre Dame, Michigan State, Ohio State. You win you win three of those. You might you might save your job. You know. But it, you know it's it's gut check time. You know I just for me, I, the the word overrated it just absolutely blows my mind. Um, and and ridiculous. You you have a guy who's who's a seventy percent you know winning coach. So you know when you look at again winning percentage, Brian Kelly, for for people that answered me, not overrated. Jim Harbaugh has a higher winning percentage than Brian Kelly. So. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't see how the, how the word overrated is thrown around, um, that hard with them. So for me, Harbaugh should probably get another year. Um, but, uh, we'll see how the rest of this year plays out on to games this. Well, a quick other wrap up, uh, Chase, I'll get to Baker when I talk about the NFL, um, quick wrap up from this past week. Utah, UCF, Cinderella seasons are over. Uh, Utah falling to USC and UCF falling to Pitt. Their Cinderella seasons are over. Their hopes of a national championship or playoffs, anything like that, over. Notre Dame, who hosts Virginia, no, pick them this week. Number 18, Virginia, at number 10, Notre Dame, 11.5 point favorite over the Cavaliers. Notre Dame made a statement last week. Because everybody thought, Dave included, you can go back and listen to last week's show. Dave thought Notre Dame was going to get their asses kicked, and they didn't. Notre Dame should have won that game. You watch that game, you look at the way the numbers and the way the game played out. Notre Dame was the better team for close to three quarters of that game. Unfortunately, they they didn't win. They made a statement. 
only dropped three spots. They're number 10. Um, so this one is at uh, Notre Dame in Virginia, 330 NBC from Notre Dame Stadium, the over-under 50 and a half. Um, I'm going to take Notre Dame with the points and take the over. I think they're going to come out and they're just going to fly. I don't think Virginia is worth the number 18 ranking. They almost lost to Old Dominion at home last week. Virginia is not that good, but I'll take beating a, a team that was ranked when we play them. Notre Dame with the points and, uh, and, and take the over in this one. I think they want to make a statement that last week wasn't a fluke and that despite the loss, that they still want to have a shot at a playoff, and it's realistic. The other game in the top 25 head-to-head, number 21, USC at number 17, Washington. Clay Helton at USC saved his job, keeping with the theme, saved his job for at least one week, last week by beating Utah. Uh, Washington is an eight-point favorite at home. This one, 330 on Fox, the over-under 50 and a half. I think USC is going to keep this one close enough. I'm going to take USC with the points. Washington, I think, pulls out the win, but uh, I'm going to take the over because the Pac-12, nobody plays defense. So Notre Dame, re- recap in college football, I like Notre Dame with the points in the over, and uh, USC-Washington, I like USC to cover, but uh, Washington went out right, and I'll take the over in that one as well. Now let's move on to the NFL. we got a little bit of time left here. Um, to Chase's question, is Baker Mayfield overrated? Um, I don't know. And, you know, that's kind of, uh, I think that's one of Dave's lines that, that he usually uses to, you know, skirt the issue. Um, I just think it's too early to tell with Baker Mayfield. Um, you know, when he burst onto the scene last year, he did flashy things and, um, you know, won a couple of games. He was the new darling. And then the Browns made some moves in the offseason and everything looked great. Eh, it doesn't look so great this year so far. But, man, it's, I think it's just it's just too early to say Baker Mayfield's overrated. Did Now, did people maybe expect too much out of the Browns and Baker this season possibly I'm probably I'm guilty of being one of them but overrated I don't I don't think that's a I don't think it's a fair judgment of Baker Mayfield yet and it needs time um looking uh you know the the the, the one of the big stories of the NFL this past weekend Mason Rudolph um Garner Minshew Daniel Jones Kyle Allen you know, young rookie quarterbacks, you know, young and rookie quarterbacks making their, uh, their first starts. Um, and then quite frankly, Shine, even Mason Rudolph looked has looked pretty good. But man, that Steelers team is floundering. I think Mike Tomlin's a guy who is is going to be as good as gone. Um, if, if they don't get that, if they don't write that ship real quick. Minshew, that that, that that guy's the, the like you he's gonna have a movie written about him, I'm pretty sure. Daniel Jones obviously takes over for the Giants. They get the big come from behind win. Remember, it's against the Bucks, people. It's against the Bucks. It was exciting, it was flashy, he was doing things that Eli Manning can't do. He's running, he's move around. Yeah. Cool. It was the Bucks. 
Just remember that. It was the Bucks. Let's see what he does this week. Let's see what he, you know. Let's see if he can keep it up. And, and, and this isn't me as a Cowboys fan trying to trying to crap on the Giants. It's not. I know it might seem that way. And I understand. But it's not. Just, it was the Bucks. It was the Bucks. Who had a chance to win, by the way, if Bruce Arians wasn't a schmuck. Takes the delay of game because his kicker kicks better from long distance. Yes, that's a thing that's happened. And Kyle Allen shine. Um, again, Cardinals, crappy team. Uh, he's going to get a chance to start again this week. Uh, Cam Newton out this week, so we'll see more Kyle Allen. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles are in trouble. They've lost two games now that they probably should have won. Probably should have beaten the Falcons. Definitely should have beaten the Lions. That one got away from you. Those are games that you might look back on from the from the end of the season and go, oh, we should have won. Those are ones we want back. And I'm not even saying from a divisional standpoint. The Eagles, and I'm not saying they will, plenty of time to right the ship. They're banged up. They're losing. They might look back on those two games and go, those are the games that kept us out of the playoffs. Those are the games that might have kept the Eagles out of the playoffs. Not even out of division win, but out of the playoffs. Um, Saquon Barkley out four to eight weeks, or six to eight weeks, I think I saw. Um, possibly more. High ankle sprain. Um, that's unfortunate, man. Uh, even though he's a giant. Um, that's a spe- He's a special talent. Special talent and um, a bummer. A bummer to see a guy like him uh, get hurt because, you know, he, he very, very easily could have been on to, um, just an, an extremely, extremely special season there. So, um, very unfortunate for Saquon Barkley, um, and the, uh, and the injury there. So, um, that's going to be one to watch, uh, watch as well. Um, let's look ahead to this week. The big five games. Um, oh yeah. Chase, uh, brings up, there was an Eagles fan. If you, uh, if you didn't see it, that had helped, had helped people, uh, in a house fire and, and he, uh, made a comment about, you know, this guy was, uh, you know, throwing and catching babies and, and he could, he could catch them unlike Aguilar. You're in a you're you're in a situation talking about a, a tremendous moment where lives were saved, and um, you know you, you still bring up a, uh, a a dig at the Philadelphia Eagles. And I'm not even saying this in a negative way towards Philadelphia fans. I'm talking about that that's the passion of Philadelphia sports fans. That's probably only the only sports city you um, you know you hear that on. Or through, you know, that's the only that's the only sports fan you're going to hear that, and uh, and that 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 cracked me up. So let's go to um, the big five for this week, and then we're going to close this thing up. Starting uh, Thursday night, 
two nights from now, it is the Philadelphia Eagles. The one and two Philadelphia Eagles at the three and zero Packers. This one, uh, eight twenty p.m. on Fox, the NFL Network, and also Amazon Prime Video. Um, the over under forty five. The Packers are a four and a half point favorite, and I think that number is way too low, way too low. And granted, the Eagles should be able to bounce back, but I, that number is too low, people. Um, but with that number being four and a half as of right now. I'm saying Packers take the points. Mm, 45. I'm probably even taking the over. I think the Packers are going to score a lot. The Eagles' defense is banged up. It seems like worse than their offense. And uh, the the Packers are are just clicking on all cylinders. They look like a new team with a new coaching staff. They, They look completely different. And Aaron Rodgers looks like he's having fun again. So Packers with the points and the over. Um, man, Chase is picking the Eagles. That's bold, dude. Uh, let's move to Sunday. Four games that I'm uh, I'm giving you on Sunday is the three and O Chiefs, a six point favorite at the two O and one, still undefeated. And I saw somebody on Twitter. They go, the Lions shouldn't be considered undefeated because they tied. Well, no, that that's not how it works. They are undefeated. They don't have a perfect winning percentage, but they're undefeated. Undefeated equals not defeated. They have not lost. That's how it works. You may not like that they that they tied or that you can tie in the NFL, but you can. They did. They're undefeated. This is a battle of undefeated. It's 3-0 Chiefs at 2-0-1 Lions. This one at 1 o'clock on Fox. The over-under on this one, 54 um, I like the Chiefs to continue rolling, um, and I'm going to take them with the points. Um, I will take the over on the on the 54 though. That the Lions' offense moved a, a lot better against the Eagles, and um, you know the Chiefs are going to score a lot. <laughs> so definitely take the over. Definitely take the Chiefs to win with the points. Chase Chase as he had the Chiefs by 20. Uh, then we have a battle of unbeatens in the AFC East. The Patriots, 3-0. The seven-point favorite on the road at 3-0 Buffalo. 42.5 is the over-under on that one. A 1 o'clock game on CBS. And yes, Chase, I think Mahomes will probably throw over 300 yards. That's pretty safe. Um, Man, the, the Bills... The Bills are a team that that I, I I truly don't have a read on right now. Look good against the Bengals. Look, I mean they they're undefeated, but again the, the the Patriots are the better team, and I know the Patriots haven't beaten anybody with a winning record, and I, and I'm going to touch on something relating to that here in a second. But the Bill, I think the Bills, there's something magic going on. You're in Buffalo. I feel like this might be one of those games where this might be one of those games where the better team might not win because Buffalo's fucking crazy. So I'm going to take Buffalo to pull the upset. I'm going to take Buffalo to go 4 0, the Patriots 3 and 1. I'm going to take the. Oof, I'm going to take the under. 
I think for, for Buffalo to win, they might have to control that Patriots offense. So I'm going to take the under. Now, power rankings. NFL power rankings. I don't I don't like power rankings. I think power rankings are I mean they're arbitrary. They come out weekly. But people a lot of power rankings this week of the Cowboys at number two behind the Patriots. People are saying, well, the Cowboys haven't played anybody. Neither have the Patriots. Patriots have the Patriots combined opponent record is 0 and 9. Cowboys is one and eight. Like, yeah, you're we're splitting hairs there. And I get that the Patriots have won six Super Bowls. The Cowboys haven't won one since the mid-90s. I get that. But power rankings are year to year, week to week. So what the Patriots did winning six Super Bowls in the last 10 years or whatever it is doesn't have an impact on this year. The Cowboys, like, and who cares? If the Cowboys go out and lose this week, then they'll drop in power rankings. It, it's It's... It's an arbitrary point, but stop using a ridiculous thing. Well, they haven't played anybody. Neither has New England to try and make your silly point. Um, Jay says the Bills win 14-13. RSGB has uh, 27-23. I assume you mean Patriots over the, the Bills? I, I, but 27-23, some form or fashion. All right, let's move quick here Here to 425 on Fox. Is the 2-1 and one Vikings. At the two and one Bears, a, who are a two and a half point favorite. All right, RSGP says the Bills twenty seven twenty three. So we're all picking Bills. I think people just don't like the Patriots. I don't. I don't hurt the Patriots. Have never hurt me. Um, Vikings two and one at the Bears two and one. Bears are a two and a half point home favorite. Again, this one is one of those flex games on CBS. Thirty eight is the uh, over under on this one. I like the Vikings. I like the Vikings in this one. Um, the Bears looked better last night, but they're against the Redskins. Both of these teams, the, the the offenses are good despite their quarterback. Both defenses are really good. The over the under over under is thirty eight. Take the under, please. Take the under. Do yourself a favor. Take the under. I'm going to take the Vikings to win on the road. I think they are a better team. The Bears have the better defense. But I think the Vikings offense is going to be good enough to win. This might be a field goal game. This might be 12 to 9. Chase says Bears 14 to 9. I'm going to say 12 to 9 Vikings. It's all field goals. Um, both teams have a great defense. Bears is better. Definitely their front seven. The Vikings secondary is unbelievable. Unbelievable. And then finally, the last game, the 3-0 Dallas Cowboys. That's right. The 3-0 Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to say it one more time. The three and O Dallas Cowboys, three point road favorite against the Saints, who are two and one. This one is the Sunday night game, eight twenty for uh, on NBC. The over under forty seven. Kirk Cousins has a bad game, and it's Kirk Cousins, Chase, not Kurt. Kirk Cousins um, has a lot of bad games. So does Mitch Trubisky. Um. I, I'm picking my Cowboys here. Um, uh, you know, I, I think we're going to find out a lot about the Cowboys. 100% full honesty, not banging the fanboy drum here. We're going to find out more about the Cowboys this Sunday than we've known about them um, over the past couple weeks. Um, 
Saints are banged up. They're still missing Drew Brees. That's a good thing for the Cowboys. Um, the New Orleans is a tough place to play, though. So I think I think the crowd's going to play into it. Cowboys are a three-point favorite. I'm going to take them with the points just because it's so, so close. But I, I think this one's maybe around a touchdown or less. So just be aware of that. Saints could Saints could pull the, you know, if it's a one-point game, Saints would cover. Um, Over-under on this one. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the over. I think the Cowboys' offense is gonna keep rolling. The, the Saints they're gonna try and get creative and pull out a pull out something special here. Um, Chase says uh, Cowboys win by 15. They dominate Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, RSGP says Jalen Smith defensive play of the year. I hope so, man. I love that kid and I love the story coming back from that injury, that horrific injury. So, um, the Cowboys and the uh, and the over. For um uh, for me here, and that's gonna do it. Um, so again, to recap, Jim Harbaugh. Um, you can argue that he's overrated. I don't think he is. Um, and I think you should get at least another year at Michigan. Um, that's obviously uh, indicative on on what happens the rest of the year. Chase, I think that Dak's gonna get his money. Don't worry, he's gonna get his money. You don't you don't need to negotiate in season. Dak Prescott's going to get paid by the Cowboys. I guarantee that. Whether it happens in season or at the you know post right after the season's over, Dak's going to get paid. All right, make sure you're following along with us. I am at Big Jim Sports. Dave is at Huddle Up Dave. He will be back next week, so you don't have to just hear me um, and my rambling next week. Um, make sure you're following the show at Huddle Up Podcast on Facebook. And Twitter, make sure you are followed along with our home network, NGSC Sports. And the sponsor of this show on NGSC Sports is Alicia's Pillows and Things. If you're decorating your home, you want it to reflect your tastes and your likes. So why not add decor that reflects your sports, movie, and TV fandom? Alicia's Pillows and Things is your hookup. They feature pillows of all sizes, stools, and more with all your favorite teams and characters. Log on to NGSCSports.com. Find the Alicia's Pillows and Things tab on the homepage and place your order. Have fun, folks. We'll talk to you next week, next Tuesday night, as we always do. Until then, stay safe, stay smart, and go for the win.